I'll play back the levels the way you set them. Say it on me. Hey, pussy, are you still there? Lee. I back. People are always saying about the talk, and I talk, and I talk, and I talk, but guess who can walk? I back it up. I back it up. That means it's time to roll, baby. You got nothing going on between your ears, buddy. Hey, John, do you think I'm just going to sit there and let you kill me, John? I mean, really. I think I could beat every girl in my division with one hand. That guy's such a dick. I mean, you show your true colors after a fight. That fucking guy comes up to me. You know who you are, huh? I don't have much left to say other than you have seen nothing yet. <laughs> Hope to God you come ready. I'm Michael Morgan and welcome to this week's Wokeoffs. G is back. Sapase. What's up, Mike? <laughs> well, I'm all good as you're now back in the hot seat and it's good to have you back. And um, don't take so long in coming back next time. <laughs> no, I promise I won't. <laughs> so Again, you know, we have been sport this past weekend. I mean, really and truly, before you even get there, though, G, have you been? What's been happening? Talk to me. I've been, I've been a little under the weather, Mike. I, um, my tummy's been hurting like a little mm. kid. Like my stomach just hurts. I don't know if it's just too much hot sauce with my food, or like, am I getting too old? Too much steak? Do I need to change my diet? You know what know, it is. But you know what it What's is? That? It's cornbread. I told you. <laughs> I told you the cornbread would catch up with you. And here we are. The dry old <laughs> cornbread is just giving your guts the runs. And, you know, I tried to warn you about the ancestors and talking about our cornbread. You know, you just don't <laughs> listen. You just don't listen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but no, well, I'm glad that, you know, you, you, it does sound as though you're, you're back on the mend. And it does sound as though, you know, you, you're back to your chirpy uh, 100 self. Oh, yeah, I'm 100% ready, feel much better. And then, come on, these fights the other night, Mike, I, I enjoyed myself. It was long, and the pacing was ridiculous, but I liked the fights. What would you think? Yeah, well, I have to say, we were spoiled. We had Bellator 245 Friday, Bellator 246 Saturday. And on the same day, obviously, we had Waterson versus Hill. Hill making mm -hmm. history as the first African-American to actually grace the cage as the main event. That's actually incredible, given that, you know, we've spoken to her ages and ages ago. Tell me something, you know, mm -hmm. we, as usual, are going to run down um, the runners and riders what actually floated our collective boats. But for me, whilst this wasn't high on star power, um, it was pretty decent in terms of the entertainment that it, actually delivered exactly. we saw some exciting fights we saw um some wicked submissions and some controversial ref activity first up i, I don't know I, I think me being the gentleman i think you should go first in terms of let's just have a quick counter through the card in terms of starting with the prelims first were there any um fights on there that caught your eye that made you say whoa yeah, absolutely, fucking lootly, Mike. I got mm. uh, two featured bouts. I'll make it quick, though. Okay. Brock Weaver versus Jalen Taylor. Ah, Taylor. see that—that's the one it. I was gonna say. Incredible. Oh. Yeah, and in incredible, and and I love that Jalen was a short, um, like a quick replacement, and I kind of suspected that he was a tougher opponent for Brock than the original opponent. Like I kind of was like, ah, oh, Brock's in trouble, and it held true. And Jalen Turner big brothered him just like he fucking said he would at those yeah. weigh-ins, remember? <laughs> yeah. Did you like the way that it looked as though, you know, he was definitely on his way to a TKO because when he knocked Brock Weaver down, he definitely wasn't getting back up. He was in space. He was in the he was in the sunken place. And Jalen Turner just yeah. looked at him and just said, No, nah, up you get. Come on. We're not finished. It was although he was either trying to knock him out cold or strangle him silly he definitely yeah. was was going for some kind of like statement there because that that whole debacle that whole incident at the wayne's he was not best pleased no and i and i think you're right like he made one hell of a statement and and finished brock and that just the striking was so complete it was heavy you know some heavy shots in the pocket some i think he came over um Came over Brock with like a nice right overhand and dropped him. And then dropped him twice, actually. Dropped yeah. him first in the first round. Dropped him again in the second round. And you could also see Brock being like, I need to rely on my wrestling. I like that he had that thought process, but he really wasn't doing anything with it. And Jalen was just the better fighter in the mm -hmm. stand-up. And the takedown defense was on point. And Mike, between me and you, and the listeners, of course, mm. 
I think Brock Weaver isn't ready for the UFC. I haven't been too impressed with him since he's left the Contender Series. And when he won on the Contender Series, it was one of those decision wins on the Contender Series. It wasn't one of those like fabulous Greg Hardy knockouts, you know, those highlights you see on the Contender Series. Like It was pretty I've mediocre. Mm. Yes. And then when he got to the UFC, he got his first win by disqualification. Up until the disqualification, I wasn't really impressed with his performance. And then Roosevelt Roberts quickly, you know, dispatches him with a rear naked choke in his, mm. you know, in his last fight. And then Jalen Turner comes out, smokes him. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into this. But did you notice in the first round, Mike Bisping said on commentary, and, you know, I very rarely have commentary up. So um, mm. this is a miracle that I heard this. But, um, Basically, within the opening exchanges, um, Mike Bisping says, oh, Brock Weaver needs to make this a dogfight. And I thought, you sneaky little fucker. Now, in the second round, he made another references to dogs as well. And I thought, Mike, I know what you're doing. There's no way anybody can tell me otherwise. Because obviously, um, for those listening, um, there was an alleged um, uh, incident where uh, Brock Weaver was, um, well, accused of animal cruelty, specifically to dogs. And the third and final reference to um, dogs was when, in the post-fight interview, Jalen Turner said something along the lines of, um, yeah, so I'll I'll get those puppies that I was promised now, won't I? So there was three references to dogs, and Michael Mm -hmm. Bisping was part of it. It made me think, come on, Mike, I know what's going on here. Now, okay, albeit it might be a coincidence, albeit that it might have been, um, well, me reading too much into the dog references. But the dog references, three times in a broadcast for me, is too much of a coincidence. What do you reckon? No, I don't think it's a coincidence at all, because um, (laughs) if you go online with just the online fans and MMA Twitter, you will be privy to the same type of comments. Like, that's Mm. all people talk about. All I see on my timeline when Brock Weaver is going to fight, unfortunately, is fuck this guy. He he fights dogs. You know what I mean? So. I think that's the general consensus is that whatever he was involved with, whether it's true or not, it's just put a stain on him as a fighter. And on top of it, I'm not, I don't care for that type of behavior. I don't know if it's 100% true, but what I do know is that he probably needs to go back to the regional circuit. That's what yeah, I know. I yeah. don't think he's UFC material, unfortunately. No. Um, and three on the bounce, I don't think that he'll be sticking around. I mean, um, Dana said it in the post-fight press conference, usually when you have three losses and you're not a big name and um, you're not making a big impression, it's time to go back to the regional circuit. So I would be very surprised, given that, given his performance and given the, um, okay, alleged controversy, mm-hmm. I doubt very much that he's going to stay around. But, you know... Yeah. I just wanted to fast forward, if it was okay with you, to the main card. Because for me, I love the... Wait a minute. Mm. Wait one minute. No, okay. Have I gone too fast? I am the prelim queen. We got one more. We got okay. one more. <laughs> if you did not... <laughs> pump the brakes, brother. If you did not see this fight, Mike, I really do need you to put this on your list to go back and watch. Okay. Some guy named Kevin Kroom showed up. He's from the regional circuit. He has like a 22 and something record. He's not new to MMA, but he hasn't fought in the UFC yet. Supposedly, he's from the sticks. He's like a hillbilly type of guy. He mm-hmm. looks like one. He showed up with like two teeth. It was amazing. And it's, he's fighting Roosevelt Roberts on like a one-day notice. My brother, in the first round, he cranked up on Roosevelt Roberts' neck after he dropped him with an overhand. It was wow. nuts. And it happened so quickly. And then in the post-fight interview, Mike... The um, interviewer is like, yo, is that something you do in your gym a lot? It looks like that neck crank you had was uh, something you do a lot. He was like, no, it's actually my worst choke. I was just really having a good time out there. Wow. He yeah, beat love him, him with his worst choke. But then again, look at his record. 22 and 12 um, compared to Roosevelt yeah. Roberts um, 10 and 3. So it's no wonder, yeah. you know, he went in there and it was just messing because, you know, there's obviously levels, levels to yeah. this, as they say. And people need to realize just because you spend a lot of time on the regional circuit and not in the UFC 
does not mean you're not UFC material or that you don't know what to do when you get that spotlight. And that's what Kevin Kroom did. And now he's on my list. I want to see him in upcoming fights because he's just like this hillbilly savage, Mike. I love it. Ah, okay. Now can we go to the main card? Yes, you have my permission to do so. Carry on. (laughs) Now, for me, um, you know, I love a bit of controversy. I love the fact that there was a a little bit of, um, well, things to say about Ed Herman and the Mike Rodriguez fight. Now, for me, it was quite clear on the actual footage. Obviously, I've got the benefit of seeing this and seeing it over and over again because there is no instant replay in the cage. But... It was clear that Mike Rodriguez basically gave Ed Herman two very, very swift knees to the stomach, which dropped him. You and mean to the him. titty? You mean to the titty? Like, I saw him hit the man's nipple. I didn't see him hit. I, I saw him hit the pectoral muscle. I call it the titty. And I was quite confused with the dick shot, but I'm gonna let you keep going. Go ahead. See, I, 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 saw, I saw soda plexus, I would say mid chest then. Now, for me, I've obviously got the benefit of the angle. I'm sitting from home. Um, I could see Mm -hmm. that. But the ref didn't. And he gave Ed Herman uh, the opportunity, the stage, the the theatrical, um, I suppose, range to basically go Denton Washington on... um, Mike Rodriguez's ass because he was putting in the performance of a lifetime. Oh, and all all this kind of like playing up that he'd been hitting the nuts. Now yep. it was almost as though he was being directed by the ref because the ref said nuts, and then all of a sudden, you know, Ed Herman put in the best performance of his life. Now, yeah, having succumbed later after this had all died down and um, the action was actually, you know allowed to commence in the third coming back and submitting Rodriguez I personally feel there is an injustice that was carried out there there is an injustice which I think needs to be rectified and it needs to be rectified by this being ruled a no contest because when you think about it looking back at this and especially with the benefit of replays I'm sure that ref must be looking at that thinking I made a mistake Oh, absolutely. I mean, you knew right away when, as a viewer at home, you knew it was a mistake when we were privy to the replay. Like I said, I looked closely, and I didn't even need a replay, Mike. I'm going to keep it real with you. When the knee was, was, you know, done, it hit his titty. That's what I saw (laughs) on my couch at home. Now, when I saw the replay, it was confirmed. He hit the man titty. And then... I'm on my couch at home and I see the titty shot twice, but yet the referee who was inside the cage did not see it. It was bizarre. And then you get, you're letting an old dog like Ed Herman, who's an old UFC vet. Man, he even fought Jacare Souza in Strike Force. Like this guy has been fighting forever and he's durable. So if you make a mistake refing him, guess what the fuck he does? He runs with it. He knows what to do. You know what I mean? Like he took that time out. He replenished himself and got a breather, and then he came out and he won the fight like a dog that he is. Okay. Now, Mike, here's my question to you. I ah, see you, you 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 preempted my question to you, but mm-hmm. do proceed. We probably have the same question, right? Like, who's who's who do you think is more at fault? How do you feel about Ed, the ref? Your thoughts? I think it's a bit unfair to castigate the ref on something that he didn't see. I would say who's at fault is definitely Ed Herman because it was clear, it was clear he was taking full advantage. And that's not, that's not warrior spirit. That's not Mm. indomitable spirit. That for me is taking advantage and using that as a way, as a means by which to actually get your breath back because that's what he did. And look what happened. That's what he did. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna say this, Mike. I mm. don't agree with you, but I understand because here's how I feel emotionally. I mm. think Ed Herman, the night of the fight, and also this morning for for what he did, I'm like, hey, you're a piece of shit, man. Like, I, it's kind of like you cheated. Kinda, but at the same did you say? time, kinda. No, not kinda. He. Che- I'm trying to be nice because I just called him <laughs> a piece of shit. But <laughs> you know, like he did cheat, Mike. But here's the thing. This is why you have moderators, referees. They're there inside the cage to make sure that when you get need in the titty that it's not in the dick and you run with it. You understand? Like, I blame the ref. And I also think poorly of Ed Herman because that lacks integrity. 
yeah, you know, you, you can just have that warrior spirit and be like, oh, man, that hurt, but it wasn't in mm-hmm. my dick. Let's go. Let's go. And yeah, we've seen that before, hold Mike. On, hold on. Hold on. Pump the brakes. If yeah. the ref didn't see it, he didn't see it. I'm at an angle at home, and I'm thinking to myself, the ref obviously didn't see it. What he saw But don't was... you hold him at fault for that? He's supposed to see it. He's inside the goddamn cage. We're on the couch, <laughs> and we saw the shit. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, they pay you to be inside there. To see that type of stuff, not Gina and Mike who are on the couch eating whatever and watching TV. You, yeah, my man, but, is in the cage. You got to see stuff like that. But he's a human being. He will miss True. things, and that's why it was going to be my question to you: Should mm-hmm. we have instant replays as a matter of course now, like yes. right now? Because yes. surely, it with the benefit of hindsight, with the benefit of uh, VAR instant replay, we would actually see, or refs would actually see what they missed. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't even let you answer the question. I turned mm-hmm. into the gif of the dog that's like growling. You ever see the chihuahua that's like growling? That was me while you were asking this question. I'm like, yes, yes. Mike, it's 2020. Can we get some replays? And we need replays for bullshit like this. Mm-hmm. When a fighter's like, oh, I got kicked in the nuts? No problem. I'm going to grab my nuts and act like I got kicked in the nuts so I can take a break. We need replays for stuff like that. And it's 2020. Let's get with it. I guarantee if we had a replay, Mike and they replayed that footage, we would have continued the fight and maybe had a different outcome. But one last question about this. Mm. Mike, you are a man. I do not come with the equipment that we saw last night that caused, you know, the ref to call that incredible timeout. Explain to me, what does it feel like to get kicked in the nuts that hard as a man? What is, describe to me what the fuck that feels like. It's like someone choking an area of your body and every single piece of sensitivity in that area is screaming the hell out. It's that painful. Does it it linger, Mike? Like, does it it shoot up your body later at dinner or something, like an hour later? Like, are you, (laughs) like, what happened? Like, afterwards it hurts too? put Put it this way. It's like an electric shock but with added burns. So with an electric shock, you get that sharp, intense pain. But if you have a burn, that shit will hurt you the day after. It's like that. And Mike, because the reason why I'm asking this, not because I'm just a fucking weirdo or have penis envy, I really don't. (laughs) The reason why I'm asking this is because I actually saw an interesting debate online. And Mm. I saw this girl on Twitter. I don't know what her account was. Her man was in the kitchen and she was like, honey, have you ever been kicked in the nuts and not known? Like, is it a distinct feeling? And her boyfriend was like, listen, every man knows when you get that shot in the nuts. You don't there's no confusion. It's a distinct feeling. And that led me to believe, like, I mean, was he was he confused about the titty shot or the knee shot? Did it feel the same? Like, it seems like men kind of know when you get hit in the jewels. The, the one thing I would say, it's funny you mentioned that, though, the, about the confusion. Mm-hmm. In the heat of the battle, one thing I suppose I could give him the benefit of the doubt, just, mm-hmm. I don't know, 1%. In the 99% uh, that I feel that he's guilty of milking this, is that when um, Mike Rodriguez actually slammed those those knees into his chest, um, he grazed as he was coming down his cup. I was just going to ask about that. But you see, that isn't what put him down. What put him down was the knees. Yes. A graze wouldn't have that effect. The knee to the titty. I keep saying it. it. I was watching. I I just. if you were actually hitting the nuts, yeah. full on in the nuts, it would have that effect. Mm-hmm. I was that, that was Mike. You read my mind as we're discussing because you know I'm thinking of even more questions, and I'm just like, well, throw in a cup. Does it make it worse, or does it really protect the jewels? Like, what about when his knee came down? And I'm with you, Mike. I didn't see that knee really do nothing more than slightly graze the cup, and by that time, he was in pain from being kneed in the chest. Yep. So he milked it, Mike. No, it, there's which no is excuse. like what I was saying I, before. It's an integrity and, you thing. Know, like we so frown upon people, that, but it's the ref's job to, yep. to referee him on that. But go ahead. Oh, one hundred percent. I I hear that, but you know, I suppose the the the, the key thing here is um, mm-hmm. the ref didn't see it, and I I think we should give him the benefit of the doubt because my my thing is this: if he had seen it, 
then that fight would have continued. I can't for a second yeah. uh, believe that, you know, he saw uh, two shots to the chest and thought, oh, let me give this guy a break. No, I just, nah, no. I, I, I refuse to believe that. Obviously, before we get to Michelle Waterson and uh, Angela Hill, was there anything else that um, caught your eye? Yes. Mm. Yes, Michael, please. There's so much that caught my eye. Allow, you know, bear with me. My featured fight of the night, and it, this is a fight, Mike, I know we haven't spoken in a few days, but if I had recorded Shots Fired, I might have thrown this fight out. Steffi from um, Bloody Elbow knows I was excited about this fight. Mm. Ottoman Azatar and Kama Worthy. I'm, I was so excited, and it was exactly what I thought it would be. Ottoman Azatar is somebody that we got to look out for in the UFC. He's got this amazing ability just to plant his feet and knock people right out in the first round. He did it in his UFC debut, and then he did it to Kama Worthy, Mike, who we all know is a surging prospect. He had no respect for Kama. All he had to do was figure out the correct range to get into the pocket, which is what he likes to do. Mm. And he threw a couple, like, I think, short hooks or whatnot, and he dropped Kama Worthy, and the fight was over, I believe, in, like, 93 or 98 seconds. A couple? That's exactly what I thought it would happen. A couple? Love I, I counted about 23 different combos before he dropped him there. Yeah. Because all he did, Mike, was he figured out the range and what he needed to do to get inside. And from and there... terrorized him. Exactly. And he kind of did that in his last fight. Like, the guy just comes forward, figures you out very quickly. Mm. And then he's either dropping you with, like, an overhand right or he's in the pocket dropping you with a bunch of, like, short hooks. But every punch he throws is powerful. And people go down. And if you go on Tapology, if you do a little bit of research on him, it's kind of what the fuck he does, Mike. Yeah. I'm really excited about this dude. And he brings, like, a little bit of, like, intrigue and drama because I keep hearing that he's like a little bit of a shady dude in Morocco and Germany. I oh, heard he's really? got a little bit of a thug background. I don't want to say too much because I'm only just hearing things. Mm. I'll do a bit more research, but he can also bring some drama to the UFC. They say he's a bad boy in his free time. So, I think he's going to be very interesting, you know, in the rankings also fighting and and if he doesn't stay quiet if he's just like the bad boy i keep hearing he could also make a little ruckus so he should be an interesting addition what about you anything else on the main card before we tear apart michelle and angela hill no i think it's worth going straight into michelle watson and angela hill i don't know about you but um this was a close run thing but i'm not upset that you know, basically we had a Michelle Watson decision here. I just felt that in terms of volume and in terms of combination, she wasn't just throwing ones and twos. I mean, really and truly, she looked absolutely incredible. Michelle Watson, you got, I have to give props to her. And I know that there was beef before this all started. And I was obviously rooting for Angela Hill. But I think she mm-hmm. said it in her um, Twitter um, kind of like feedback session, as it were. She needs to mix it up ever so slightly. She needs to, you know, do a little bit of, um, you know, well, getting things to the ground and not just dominating on the feet. Because she wasn't, to be honest with you, that dominant when you look at the volume that she was able to um, Mm -hmm. put Michelle's way. I loved, you know, the fact that she was definitely level pegging, but... Given that it was so close, you would have thought, you know, the game plan would have been to mix it up as well. But what did you think? Um, well, I, I think you're going to be a lot nicer than me, Mike. I'm going to be honest with you. Mm. Um, I thought Angela Hill did enough to win. Really? Although I did think it, yes, I did think it was a close fight. And it's not a robbery that Michelle Waterson won. No. Nah. But I thought Angela Hill won or that it was a draw. And statistically, if you go on the UFC website, um, it's, it's, it's basically how I kind of, you know, picked the fight and the outcome. I, I thought Angela won rounds one, two, and five. And Michelle won three and four. Mm-hmm. And if you go on the website, statistically, that's what you see. So I'm quite confused as to what the judges were seeing. And also... Um, Michelle, when I was at home watching and I saw a lot of like combinations that were really pretty, but I did also notice that sometimes only the leg kick at the end of the combination connected. Landed. Yeah. It took. Yeah. Did you right. notice that? Yes, like I she did. would throw like a double jab and yeah. it didn't land, but the kick landed. But maybe to the judges, it looked like it. Yes. Did. Yeah. 
And I think that's what happened here. And I only believe that Michelle Waterson, she did start to get her range and started to open up on Angela Hill. Don't sleep. She did rent rounds three and four offensively and mm-hmm. in the striking. Yeah. So she did get her range down. But there was a lot of shadow boxing and ghost fighting, you know, initially. And Angela capitalized on all that stuff. But I, I don't agree with this decision at all. You know, to be fair, though, to be fair, um, I hear what you're saying in terms of um, volume and what actually landed. But even though um, there were some misses, the majority of those strikes actually landed. You're right. Yes, I will happily concede that a lot of those shots um, in the heat of the battle and in the in when the combinations were being fired off, <coughs> excuse me, actually mm-hmm. didn't land. But the majority did. Yeah, they did. But I still think Angela landed the hardest strikes and and would had more volume, more output. And I, and the stats kind of show that. It's just kind of weird. But what I think too is that Angela needs to mix things up a little yeah. bit. I hate giving fighters advice like I train and shit. But just from as a fan watching and with the utmost respect, I just think that she is more of a Muay Thai stand-up kickboxer and needs to just become more of a martial artist yeah. and mix things up up Mm -hmm. instead of flurrying at the end of the round like she did in round five which i thought won her the fight and the round by the way she could have maybe mixed it up with a takedown you know instead of um her and um michelle just standing there and and wailing on each other get secure that takedown you know it was fun to watch that position on the ground right like you know start mixing it up and getting points from not just the clinch but taking someone down in the mm. clinch like she's just got to mix it up but i think she's the type of fighter to work on that show up and show us that and keep winning so i'm not too concerned with angela hill like i think she's going to be just fine <laughs> mike what do you think about her working on her poker face i noticed that like in the later rounds her mouth was open she seemed tired and i can't help but to think of john jones who has the ultimate poker face you could beat him with a bat and he looks fresh yeah but you say I also that think... go ahead look at that fifth round though for somebody who apparently looked tired man she came back so yeah she did i don't know whether that was you know, lulling her yeah. into a full sense of security. Oh, she's blown her word. And, um, or maybe the judges. I think sometimes when you have a really good poker face yeah. like John Jones, you can. that's someone that tends to win his five-round fights, even though right. it helps to be the champion. But you see my point. Like I find like there are a lot of fighters that, even though they're hurt, and they just don't act like it, like a Frankie Edgar. That also helps the d- judges' decisions mm. when you have a close fucking fight like Angela does. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't don't forget, she's had two in a row where the judges were like, nah, but yet the fans, and statistically, it's like, you outstruck Claudia, you outstruck Watterson, but yet the judges don't see that aggression. They don't see that. It's funny. But the numbers say differently. I wonder if it's her not putting on so much for the for the, the poker face and one just a theory though Mike you know it's, it's a good theory because you know playing it straight down the line is what well basically helps you to lose a decision and when yeah. you think about it you know it's funny you mentioned Frankie Edgar because he said the last he said that in his last fight that you know he was being poker faced about you know the fact that he was um basically struggling but you know he was he, his poker face was was straight Yeah, I think you really have to... I think there's a way to convince judges that you're winning when you're not, and certain fighters are better at it than others. And I would say John Jones is good at that. Carla um, Sparza Mm. is really good at that. She'll have a really close fight, but she always ends on top of the decision, even though it could go the other way. Some fighters are just good at that swaying the judges and i think she might need a angela might need a tad bit of that and mix it up and she can she can start winning some of these fights at the top of her division and i think she's going to do that i am not bothered by her performance at all i think she had a wonderful performance i love the aggression in the first round didn't you feel like she was gonna kill a bitch man in the first (laughs) shit it, it, I lost it. It's, it's almost as though she was imagining that Trump was in front of her because <laughs> you're right. Yeah. She, it was just like this newfounded aggression. Like mm. Angie's coming straight at her. She's sitting on her punches. She's landing hard shots. But unfortunately, that did dwindle a little bit. And that like pristine takedown defense 
It fell through a couple of times and Michelle was able to get a takedown or two. But at the same time, I'm going to stick to my story, Mike. I thought Angela did enough, but let's work on that poker face and mixing it up. She's going to be all right. Well, hopefully she'll listen to this as a, as a previous guest. You know what? Right, to Coach G. Right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I know typically we don't do this, but it's just so sick a lineup that I just really wanted to quickly canter through before we go to um, oh, listener questions. Um, mm-hmm. What's happening next Saturday? And that is Covington versus Woodley. Now, for me, this is a fight card which is worthy of being a numbered event. I mean, look at the lineup. Mackenzie Dern, Randa Marcos, um, yeah. Johnny Walker, Ryan Spann, Kamzat Shemaev, Gerald Mearshout, and uh, Donald Cerrone and Nico Price. And topping that off, Colby Covington versus Tyron Woodley. Now, that is a, I think, numbered card lineup worthy of, Absolutely. you know, being shouted about. Yeah, I mean, Mike, the reason why this fight is so good is because it's got the star quality with Colby Covington and Tyron Woodley. And then you have fights that are just fucking fun and we don't know what's going to happen. Donald Donald Cerrone, Cerrone, Eagle Price, two firecrackers. (laughs) Then we have, you know, the scary guy, GMF, you know, Dana's son. Kamzat Chimaev, yeah. Yeah, you got it. You got the name, Chimaev. And you know Dana's and, new son. He's exactly. gonna and we and the hype trail might be derailed, or maybe he's gonna tell us he's the truth. Johnny Walker versus Ryan Span matters. Johnny Walker's number eleven. Ryan Span is twelve. Johnny Walker is fighting someone that he can beat, and Ryan Span can also beat him. That is a very important fight. Mm. Either Johnny Walker is gonna swim or swim, swim or sink here. You know, and every and single or nearly every single one of those on the main card has a story. We've got the redemption yep. of Johnny Walker. We've got Kamzat mm-hmm. Chimaev. Will he be derailed? We've got Gerald right. Mearshart. He's been overlooked. He's been basically disrespected, and this is his way of actually proving the yeah. doubt is wrong. We've got Donald Cerrone. Is Donald Cerrone going to turn up, or will it be Cowboy Cerrone? Is is Randa Marcos? going to avoid the ground with Mackenzie Dern because we all know that once the ground once the fight goes to the ground with Mackenzie Dern the fight is pretty much over and I tell everybody that fights Mackenzie Dern on this podcast don't even look at the floor (laughs) just beat her up and even that has like a little storyline to it because we know what Mackenzie Dern's bread and butter is and we're all going to wait for that fight to go to the floor so she can climb her like a snake. And so even that has like a cute storyline. Yeah. And my Kevin Holland versus your man, Darren Stewart, is very intriguing. Darren Stewart, the dentist Stewart, is back in action, yes. which is absolutely incredible. But just sticking with storylines, though, am I pushing this ever so slightly by saying in the main event, we've got... Captain America versus Tyron Woodley, the Winter Soldier. I mean, really and truly, um, actually, no, it's not the Winter Soldier, is it? It's, uh, I would say it's Captain America versus, um, who's the guy who's taken over the, um, the, uh, the mantle from Steve Rogers? Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. I can't, I'm sorry, I can't remember. <laughs> but I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this, Mike. Mm. I think Colby Covington, of course, is racist Captain America. Yeah. But Tyron Woodley, I don't know what character we can give him. Maybe, you know, the Ice King or something. Somebody frozen. Somebody that, like, we are very scared to see who shows up. That's the, you know, that's how I see him. And I'm really, really afraid. You know, the ancestors are going to have to get involved in this. You know, we're going to have to burn sage, Mike. We're going to have to do some prayers. <laughs> like, this is an important fight. And, again, this is going to make or break Tyron Woodley. Is He He keeps talking in the media like, y'all, I'm going to let my hands go. I'm really going to, like, let go this time. I'm really going to knock this kid out. But is he really? And has he shown us that in his last couple of fights, Mike? I'm scared. One of the things which is concerning concerning to me is mm-hmm. Tyron Woodley, I don't know what it is, but just does not seem to have had his game face on. Doesn't seem to have got no. himself back in the game for the longest while. And something Mike, tells me... does he me, even enjoy fighting anymore? There is like, that. I don't even get that from him. There is that. Something tells me, gee, I, I, I'm struggling to say this, but I feel like I have to. Mm-hmm. I've got to keep it real. Yeah. I see Colvin Covington is going to batter Tyron Woodley. I just see it being a one-sided beatdown because Colby's head is in the game. Woodley's yeah. isn't. 
It's not only that. I just think also Kobe Covington has that style of fight. Like, the better wrestler is going to win. And I just not have seen, I haven't seen Tyron wrestle lately. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think the chain wrestling is going to be a problem if Tyron freezes. And Colby's got that nasty jab and that funky striking that he mixes up with chain wrestling and the cardio to go behind it. And if Tyron doesn't land one of those big old shots that drops people like Robbie Lawler, yeah. he really only has a puncher's chance. And that's never really a good way to go into a fight. I feel like the fighter that's always more well-rounded always kind of like has a better chance of winning than the guy who has a puncher's chance. Mm -hmm. And that's Tyron Woodley in this, and I'm not picking him. And I don't trust him. Wow. So Wow. That's why I said we need the ancestors and the cornbread. We need, you know, like we need need spirits, all types of shit, because I want him to win. That was what I was grasping for earlier. It's Captain America versus the Falcon. Oh, there you go. <laughs> the tip of my tongue, yeah. Landed eventually. But I, I'm, I, you know what? It's really paining me to kind of like think of the scenario that we're looking at here. Because in terms of bragging rights, in terms of how Tyron Woodley has been talking this up, I think he's going to mm. look pretty stupid if, you know, this doesn't come off. Because he's been giving some real like hard rhetoric of late. And yeah. I just don't think there is a conviction that he believes in his words oh he even posted a video of him and masvidal like talking after training and how yeah. this has rejuvenated him and he feels much better meanwhile masvidal doesn't fight anything like colby what exa- he's not a sports psychologist did mm. he unfreeze you sir like what like i don't know as, as much as i'm saying that i don't trust him i want him to win my question for you mike why is Colby Covington so quiet? And do you think by next week or so, in a couple of days, he's going to start talking that bullshit? That's what he gets paid for. I think what it is, <clears throat> excuse me, mm-hmm. he is going to ramp it up on fight week because that's what he gets paid for. Yeah. At the end of the day, when all the media start putting their cameras, well, um, right, when the via lights Zoom, come on, right. yeah, when, when the yeah. media scrums via Zoom start happening, that's when you're going to see Colby switch on. He strikes me as a kind of person that, you know, if there isn't anybody present, he's very, very quiet. You don't hear from him. Yeah. Once everything starts rolling, that's when he gets loud. Yeah, like a bitch. I mean, I hate to, <laughs> to be rude, but that's like what I, that's how I describe a bitch. You know what I'm saying? Like, you loud in public because you have a bunch of people that can hold you back. Yeah. But when you by yourself, you quiet as a mouse when you see that person mm, you mm. wanted to fight. And that's him. I mean, come on. He got hit with a boomerang. He called the police and made a grown-ass man come to court for b- flinging a boomerang at him. So, you know, he's a fed anyway. But <laughs> I do think he's going to win. I'm putting money on him. And here's another angle of the fight that I don't like. Mm. If Colby Covington wins, we will be privy to some rehearsed, bad acting post-fight speech, just like the Matt Hughes comment after Robbie Lawler. I'm convinced he will have some horrible, horrible, borderline something egregious and horrible to say after he win he beats Tyron Woodley, and I don't want to see it. So we need Tyron to win, Mike. Win. Yeah. I just can't. Yeah. Yeah. It's serious I, when Kobe fight. Like it's you know, it's deep. <laughs> I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna roll back on me cussing cornbread and say that if this is what it's gonna take to actually have the ancestors yeah. answer our call, I'm actually going to eat a whole cornbread if Woodley yeah. wins. Have some respect, brother. You know what I'm saying? Like the ancestors are gonna be watching. They they depend they like Yo, you ever see that meme of Colby after the fight with Usman and like our black ancestors are surrounding him and his face is all bloody? Yeah, like that is yeah. one of the funniest That's <laughs> one of the funniest things. We need that again. We need, you know, Malcolm X and everybody else to just show up and guide Tyron through this fight. <laughs> but, you know it but it you know, we're laughing and joking, but Colby's a dick and I don't like the stuff that he puts out there, but it makes for decent and drama, good, decent drama in the oh, fight yeah. game. Look how we're, we're talking about it. Exactly. You know? I just can't believe that we're both picking Colby to win. But, man. He's the real deal. I can't stand him. He's, I think he's racist. I think he perpetuates it even if he isn't racist. Same. You know, but, I, I, yeah, I think he's a bad dude, but mm. I respect him. He can fight, and he's top of the division. He's top of the line. He's right there 
right behind the champion, if you ask me. So you have to respect him. Did you see the recent um, picture of him with a group of girls and one of them was a black chick? How much do you think he paid her? Do you think he paid her double or triple? I don't know. She didn't seem too happy in the photo. I don't know if he paid exactly. it too well. <laughs> but it's just it's always the woman of color that's on the photo shoot that's like looks like they just like want to go take a shit or they're just so disgusted that they're standing next to him and then later on they tweet like, Oh, I didn't know he was a Trump supporter. Like it is hilarious. Wow. I mean Kobe gonna be Kobe, you know? <laughs> What did you think of people? Did you see tweets of MMA fans, of course, in their everlasting stupid glory, tweeting, look, this proves he's not a racist. He hired a black woman. Yeah, I saw that. It made me think, (laughs) you just don't have a clue, do you? That's not how this works. Yeah, let's just erase, yeah, like history and and how slavery and all those things and how that works. But okay, sir. I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, Tell me about it. Now, time to roll on to some listener mail. I got a couple here which have been sent through via audio which i wanted to play i haven't actually vetted these so we're going to listen to them together and hear what's going on what do you think angela hill could have done to have not just improve the fed but like she, this is the second decision she's lost in a row now where it's I mean, this one is definitely closer, but it's still kind of frustrating to see her um, outstrike someone and just do really well, but still just not be able to convince the judges. So, like, what, where does she go from here? Like, what does she have to do? Obviously, other than finishing people, like, what what should she improve on? And like, where does she go from here? Who does she fight next? I think we kind of touched mm. on that earlier. I think in terms of mm. what she needs to do. We definitely have got that covered. I mean, in terms of who she needs to fight next, this is Pamela Vigil, by the way. I'm not sure if you heard the sleepy voice. Is this one of your friends? Yes, that is our, like, <laughs> um, MMA astrologist. Oh, right. Girl. Okay. Yes. I do like her. I, 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 mm-hmm. I think her tweets and her point of view, and especially her reactions to, to our show is incredible. I didn't know her name was Pam. Or Pamela. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love the positivity she brings to MMA Twitter. And we mm. need that sometimes, especially with everything being so divisive right now. In oh, the definitely. World and with MMA. So she's a breath of fresh air. Most definitely. So, Mike, we did touch up on this. Real quick, Pamela, like I said, I think she needs to mix things up, become a, like a better mixed martial artist, kind of yeah. like take the takedowns towards the end of the end of the fights instead of like a a bunch of barrage of punches and I also think like maybe a tougher poker face I don't know how like you train for that or what she can do about it but she's got to find a way to also convince the judges that she's winning kind of like what Frankie Edgar does and what you know we've seen other fighters with a really good poker face but like I said I don't know how you train for that she's probably laughing at me if she heard that because she did look great last night but those are just my ideas and for her to fight next Mike yeah I have no idea what do you think I'm really struggling as well I have to say um Mm -hmm. no one actually springs to mind basically somebody who is gonna stand on their feet with her and she's gonna take them down would be a really good option but I you know I have to say that someone um I, I, I you know something my mind has gone blank I don't know who you you would actually put her in there with yeah, I'm try- I'm gonna I wanna look her up real quick. Has she fought Marina Rodriguez yet? She's a uh, Marina likes to throw hands and she's working on her takedown defense, so I think that would be a good fight for Angela to be able to kinda mix things up with with and also contend with the hands, but I'm unsure if she's fought her before. But I think I think um Angela's gonna make her way back, train and become that mixed martial artist we're gonna see. And I I can't really pick her next fight. I'm, I'm unsure. I'd have to wait for the matchmakers, Mike, on this one. I'm actually stuck on this one, but maybe Marina Rodriguez. Maybe. Okay. Okay. Or the rematch with Carla might be, might be what she needs, but that, that'll be a hell of a fight because Carla's going to try to take her down and smother her again. So that could also be an option, but who knows. Why don't we see um, Claudia Gadella at Hill 2? How about that? I wouldn't mind. And they, they had, like, a little rivalry. Yeah. Like, last night, Claudia talked shit about her and was like, oh, great, now she's going to complain about another Exactly. Fight. And that's why I like it, because yeah. 
Hill shot back that um, picture of her, you know, looking all busted up and um, yeah, in the, like, the left hand frame of the picture, it's Hill looking all fresh faced like she was last right. night. <laughs> it was like one of those like this you, this you when you tag somebody yeah. like this your ass looking like this talking shit to me. That's what that was. And I um, again, I never really understood fans that said that Angela complained a lot. I thought it was a close fight. She can complain. And on top of that, she was humorous about the complaint. Like, she made a funny video making fun of Claudia. But meanwhile, Dominic Cruz can accuse a ref of, like, smoking cigarettes and completely being a sore loser. But Angela Hill got dragged. You know, like, come on, stop. So, <laughs> well, well, there's your answer, I Pamela. I, I would go with a rematch. Have you got one which we received um, via Twitter in terms of questions that you want to run through? Yeah, I've got a few here. So, um, self-med mostly MMA. He said, what's next for Chiamev if he loses? Will Dana, will Dana calm down and not give him a fight every week? Will the fans blame it on he didn't have a proper camp? And... P.S. I can't retweet your bullshit. Oh, he's so funny. Anyway, he wants to know what happens if Chimaev loses and also what's next for him if he does. What do you think? Chimaev 100% will win this. 100% he's going to starch. I mean, really and truly, um, I think what we should be looking at is um, how many fights he should have before a title shot. That's what we should be looking at. But just to answer his question, what do you do mm-hmm. if, if you, you, he loses? You can, regardless, you give him who he has been set up to fight. And that was, um, geez, who's he got after this one? I mean, they've actually set this already. It's um, Damien Meyer. So you you, you just carry on. Business as usual. Okay, that's, I could see that. Um, I don't necessarily agree. I think he still needs, I'm old-fashioned, Mike. He needs to be developed. You know, like if he loses, then let's take a step back and and give him maybe like let him have a fun fight. Let's see how he does with a crazy Nico Price. Let him fight a James Krause that's crafty. You know, somebody that's like not top 10, but somebody he could develop and have fun with, especially if he loses. And I have a huge hard on for him if he goes to middleweight. And I would love for him to fight Marvin Vittori if he was to ever Mm, go back to middleweight. That's an interesting one. But. Yeah, because Marvin doesn't have anyone to fight. He keeps complaining. He's a good yeah. grappler. And, you know, like, I would love that fight. But Nico Price versus Chiamev would be fun if he loses to um, uh, Gerald Mearshat. Because I don't think if he loses to Gerald, he should fight Damien Maya. He's a legend. You know, like, to me, you step him back some if he loses to Gerald Mearshat. But I hope he loses. I'm a hater of Chiamev. Are you or you want him to be Dana's golden child? They are running very low and incredibly low on stars right now and star power. And, you know, they do need like the new breed. As you see, they're trying to bring in um, the new breed through the Contender Series Mm -hmm. show. But for me, you know, it's talent like um, Chimaev and the willingness to fight like Chimaev and the willingness, I bet you, to do it at a cut cost and a a lower price is where... Uh, and what floats Dana's boat right now. So um, I don't think they're wrong to have him as uh, as the golden child. I don't think they're wrong to exhort him to the position that they have. Plus, you also have to look at his fight readiness just seems to kind of be insatiable. He just wants to fight like right. full stop. So I wouldn't quell that. I wouldn't crush that. I'd nurture that because there you have a star in the making, an ever-ready super mm-hmm. soldier warrior who's ready to take on anyone who they put in front of him. Do you nurture that with all fighters or just the shining stars like GMF? Because I'm noticing that when you do something like that with GMF, you're motivating the other fighters who don't have star power or like come off the contender series to fight back to back to back. Yeah. I don't think that's always a good idea. Well, What do you think about other fighters being cultivated in this way? You, you know, it's, it's slightly manipulative and that is like Dana's mm-hmm. go-to in that this divide and rule technique seems to permeate his way of just promoting and relationships with the fighters. Other fighters will see him, Chimaev, getting this special treatment. Other fighters will see what actually floats Dana's boat and will try to emulate it. You've seen that, I would say, over the last 
um, few fights that they've put on. There have been fighters there who said, yeah, I'm ready to go again. I'm ready to go tomorrow. Do you know what I mean? So that yeah. is kind of like rubbing off because they know that's what Dana wants. Dana wants this kind of like super soldier mentality. And, um, you know, there seems to be a growing list of people who want to give him what he wants. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I get it. He's the shining star and the golden boy, but I still have PTSD from Johnny Walker when he was being pushed and everybody thought he was this, you know, star and then he got derailed. So, you know, I wouldn't mind to see that in GMF. You know, I'm, I don't feel any type of way about him. I'm not a fan of him yet, and I also don't dislike him yet. Mm. So I don't mind if he gets derailed, but I do get a little worried when we, Dana and all the fans get excited about one person. You know, I do... I have my trepidations, but we'll see. And I'm, I'm, he might not get past Gerald Mearshot. Like I think it's a fifty-fifty chance, and I'm, I'm totally intrigued to see how it goes down. And Mike, if he does beat him, give him Damian Maya. I'm with you. There you go. So mm-hmm. next up, we have our favorite, Todd Rhino. Hey, Mike and G, it's your big homie Rhino from the Combat Sports with Rhino podcast. So I got a question for the show today. Uh, there is. There are a lot of champions in the UFC currently. Uh, some people that are on pretty good winning streaks. Other people, you know, have only defended once or twice or none. Um, who's the next to lose gold? Who in the entire promotion of the UFC do you think that's currently champion is going to be the next one who loses it and why? Thank you very much. Love you guys. Love the show. Talk to you later. So basically, who is the weakest champion in the UFC? <laughs> Wow. Mm-hmm. Why? Put me on the spot there, man. You know what? I should actually vet these questions so that I can at least have an answer pre-prepared. But I just love the, the, the kind of like shooting from the hip. Me too. Um, that we, we give these, these answers because we've not heard it or these questions because we've not heard them before. You got to be quick with Google and SureDog, though. Like when, you, <laughs> when we do this, I'm like on Google, like rankings, let's go. Like cheating like a motherfucker. But uh, my answer would be... Let, this is, man, I, uh, believe it or not, I think there are a few, not weak champions, but I can see some champions' hands changing. Um, Welly Zhang at some point is going to go down, I think, yeah. unfortunately. Mm. I think somebody, either Rose or somebody is going to figure her out, and Rose is just as technical as her, so that's going to be a war. And Mike, I'm hearing rumors that they're trying to set that up, by the way. So, pray that happens. Um, I can Alexander Volkanovski. I'm not sold on him yet, although I do think he's very well rounded. But I do think somebody can beat him. So I would say those two right now are on my radar. Like they can switch hands. Mm. I can see it happening. Mm. You? I'm going to be really controversial here. I'm going with mm-hmm. Khabib Nurmagomedov. I think. What? I think. <laughs> hear me out. Hear me out. And you, uh, <laughs> Rhino, after you picked yourself off the floor. I tell you why. <laughs> Out of all his opponents in the past, yes, he is a dominant champion. Yes, he's ferocious. Yes, mm-hmm. he's stifling. He's not come up against anybody like Gaethje, who doesn't actually talk about, doesn't actually showcase his wrestling. His wrestling is a problem. And we are going to see that on display. Trust me when them two meet. Plus, his striking, his striking is ferocious. Now, when you add those two, I feel that's going to be Namagamado's kryptonite. The second yeah, person, huh? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little nervous about that fight if I can just hop right in. And I'm nervous about it because, like, can Khabib do that? You know when he gets hit and he likes to skate and move back? Yes, yes. Is, I don't think Justin, Justin might not allow that. He's no, really he won't. good at catching you when you're doing something like Exactly. Like, you saw James Vick try to circle away from him. He clobbered yep. him. You know yep. what I mean? Like, yep. I just, I am very nervous about Khabib defensively when it comes to getting struck. Mm-hmm. He has this thing where he likes to skate. You hit him hard, he's like, oh, I'm out of here. Bop, 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 and he avoids the punches. And I just think somebody, if you're training with Trevor Whitman, if you're Justin Gaethje, they have noticed that and they have an answer for that. And that could be dangerous because Justin hits hard. How Sorry to interrupt, said, Mike. You got me fired up. You got yeah. me fired up about this matchup. So what's <laughs> my bad? Yeah. What's the next yeah. one? <laughs> yeah, but hold on a minute. How, how can you said yeah. what then? Because I still think Khabib gets it done. I think that's that's um, Justin's my concern with Justin. 
You understand? Like that is his path to victory for me. And I also trust his defensive wrestling, but I still think Khabib is going to do what he does, which is smash. Wow. I, I think when he ties up his legs against the cage and just beats him up like he does and wears them out and stuff like that, he's going to have some scary moments. Justin is going to clock him, Mike. Like we're gonna be like, oh, he's on, he's on skates, or look at, look at Khabib move. He's he's avoiding that right hand or that left hand. Yeah. And then he's just gonna get back to business, wrap up the legs, throw him against the cage, bring him down, and smash. That's my prediction. But da- Justin is dangerous, Mike. Though I feel you. You know, like I don't know. I'm getting too excited. What's your next one, Mike? <laughs> uh, my next one is Piotr Jan. Now, I know he's only yep. just got the title, but when Aljamain gets his hands on him, it's over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I think that that title can change, too. It's just Peter Yan is deadly, but is he, like, championship defend the belt yes. over and over again yes. deadly? Yeah. You feel me? Like, yeah, it's kind of like Welly Zhang. Yeah, like, Welly Zhang is dope. She's a fucking machine. Mm. I think someone can beat her, Peter Yan, too. But I'm more like I can see it. With Alexander Vulcan, I'm not sold on Alexander. Those two close fights with Max Holloway, I'm not sold, brother. I think somebody can come and figure him out and have another chess match and take that belt from him. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. We got time for one more? Let me check. Let's, let's, you know, I'm on the internet. Yes, I do. Okay. This is from teammate Cliff Abel. Love this follow. Very nice guy. He said, I would love to hear you talk about. Roxy Mataferi, and perhaps the most underrated fighter in MMA, and yet she's a living legend. Being that you're from the UK, what are your thoughts on um, Roxy? Like your honest thoughts, because you don't, you don't probably don't sweat her like we do, because you're not from the the states. Funnily enough, um, or Rox, do you? Yeah, if I remember rightly, Roxanne mm-hmm. Mataferi, um a few few years ago, <laughs> I offered to pay her ticket over to the UK so that she could fight on a promotion because I wanted to see her so badly. What? So I, I, I've been following her for the longest while and I think that she is underrated. And I think that she, just like a fine wine, is getting better and better and better. Facts. Now, yes. for me, um, I do rate her. She is underrated though. And I think it's because she doesn't kick and scream and holler about herself and her prowess. She just gets in there. She has this workman-like attitude and yeah. mentality. And um, I think she just seems to be coming into, um, well, her prime now, if you ask yeah. me. But yeah, uh, about, must have been about seven years ago. I wanted to see her so badly because she wasn't getting fights. I think she was working as a teacher in, I want to say, mm-hmm. Japan or Japan, Korea. Yes. Yeah, Japan. Mm-hmm. Japan. Um, she was working as a teacher, but she used to be on, the, on, on, on Twitter a lot. So we were kicking it back and forth, and I said, you know what, I'm going to pay for you. If they can find you a fight, oh. I will pay for your flight because you need to fight. I love your fights. You need to yeah. be more active. She's, she's, that is so sweet, Mike. That like warmed my heart. Because I didn't really know how you felt about her because it's like you're from the UK and I know that she has like a, a little fan base, but I'm more familiar with it in the US. I see more people from the US loving Roxanne. So it's like, it's delightful to hear that you're on board even from another country. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think she's a, I think she's a, a trip. I think she, I agree with you. I feel like everything is firing correctly right now in her career. I just feel like she fights like a savvy vet, but like you said, a workman type of style. So it's not very flashy. So I feel like the younger fans don't appreciate her. Yeah. But she's fighting really well. If you've been fighting, if you've been watching her career, she's just a bit more accurate. She knows when to go for the takedown. She knows when to go for the trip. She knows when to beat up a young and upcoming prospect and how to get it done. When she beat up Macy Barber, that was like her coming out moment. Yeah. It was beautiful and it was done so well and last night her performance was effective Mm. she's evenly matched with kgb that's a really hard fight for her and that's their second go around and every time they fight it's razor close but this time she pulls it out and she gets it done with that worker man mentality yeah she's positive she's fun love 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 her and here's another thing mike i follow her on all social networks and she's changed up like her working out regimen like she's more cut She's got a little less in the belly now. Like she looks a bit more like her physique is is tighter and she's fighting like she's, you know, 
like in a in a good place right now and mm. it shows physically and mentally. So I can't get enough for her. But Mike, do you see her fighting for a title? She is winning here and there and looking good. Well that's just it. I, I don't see her actually fighting for a title. I really don't. Mm. Fun fights, mm. yes, title no. I just can't see it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean if she keeps winning, they'll feed her. You know, to you know who, and Valentine. You know, they'll feed her to her if she keeps winning, because that's what they do. They feed that lady. You know, she's fighting uh, Jessica Maya soon. Come on, you know. But I would like to see it. I think Roxanne is due her shot in her lifetime. You know, like let her have it if she keeps winning. Yeah. But I'm unsure if she gets the strap because it's you know we know all know who sits at the top. But I'm really proud of her. Her. You know, of her right now in this moment. And last night's fight was gorgeous. Yeah, 100%. Definitely agree with you there. Yeah, no doubt. Well, that about wraps up this episode of The Wocast. You can catch me um, and you can continue any of the conversation talking points that you've heard today on Twitter. I'm at MikeWoTV. And G, where can people find you? I am at the G Spot MMA. That's where you can find me. The best spot. Y'all come check me out. (laughs) I can't disagree with you there. (laughs) Until next time. Make some trouble. Let it go!